through some some shit right now what's up buddy i'm feeling pretty low the past couple of days i mean you know you can talk to me right you know i i thought maybe you know maybe it has something to do with with work maybe yeah it can work can get you down you know maybe, maybe my, my romantic life romance that's tough man it's a tough world out there but danny i'm i think the reason i'm feeling so depressed is because you can tell me buddy i just spent the last six and a half months Rewatching popular ABC television show Lost. I'm familiar. And now that it's over, I feel empty inside. Like I'm missing something. I forgot how... Get po- Podcast listeners, let me tell you something. Just fucking Lost is so good. <laughs> let me just tell you right off the bat. If you've not watched Lost... You are missing out on one of the great joys that this good world, that God's world, <laughs> has to offer by not watching Lost. I believe he made Lost on the eighth day, didn't he? He <laughs> <laughs> he made like he made the universe seventh day off, eighth day, eighth day, and then ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth. He binge watched. Yeah, he because he has to watch it. Aye. He can't be there for every scene. That's why it took so long for humans to come along. He made the universe mid the earth, then hundreds of millions of years later, he was binge and watch. Yeah, yeah, he's binge watch. What I find odd is that humans weren't around, but somehow he made Lost, and then humans came in. (laughs) Lost pre-exists, like like he based the humans on Lost. He was like, I've got, we are essentially Lost fan fiction. (laughs) God's Lost fan fiction is us. I, you've you've been friends with me for the past six and a half months. (laughs) <laughs> and further you've kind of heard have you heard it grow from kind of oh yeah like I'm rewatching Lost hmm. to like fuck me you guys this is the best show I've ever seen the in passion has certainly driven like has, has built and built it has to a sort of cacophony so immense that now that it's over I don't know what to do with myself I finished it and I was like, that can't, how can there be no more episodes? I need more. Not in like a, this story feels incomplete. Just in that I don't want this to be over because I love it so much. It's part of your life, man. It's part of my life. It's hard to see something go. I, you know, I feel like, because I watched, I watched Lost when it aired and I loved it. It was like the big thing when I was, when I was growing up. Like it was my fucking religion. And we used to get together, me and some friends of mine. We used to get together on a Thursday night um, because it didn't air in the UK until a Sunday night. 
Okay. But we used to get, but it aired in America on like a Wednesday night. So we used to get together on Thursdays and we would steal the episode from the internet. <laughs> and we would all get together and we would watch Lost. And then we'd have to wait sort of five days before everyone else at school who watched Lost had seen it so that we could all talk about it. But it was the best. And then it ended. And I remember parts of it left a little bit of a, a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth. Okay. And I never went back. But then recently I got drunk with friend of the podcast, Becky Kirkness. This obviously was about seven months ago. Aye. And we got to talking about TV shows and I started talking about Lost and how great Lost was when I was growing up. And uh, when she was leaving my flat, she was like, what are you going to do now? I was like, I think I'm going to watch the first episode of Lost. I'm going to just go for it. Just see how, just see if, I, like, if it recaptures that flame. And I woke up the next morning and I'd watched the first two episodes and I was like, well, guess I'm watching Lost. And I thought, knowing me, I was like, I'll probably take so long that I'll bail on it. Hmm. But I didn't. I kept pushing through. And I can safely say that it's the best drunken decision I've ever made. Because Lost is my favorite television show. There's nothing in this world quite like Lost in terms of TV. I hope you can hear my passion. Because I'm yeah. very passionate about it. Very passionate. <laughs> I love it Lost so much. Lost. I'm lost in Lost. I'm lost without it. Yeah. I want. We have to go back, Danny. Which is a reference you won't get because you don't watch the show. <laughs> also, it's the word. It's Kate's the name, not Danny. Okay, well, I didn't get that it was supposed to be Kate either. Um, so this is going to be a weird one because we've never done TV before. No, um, uh, this is our first TV episode. Yeah. Hmm. A lost retrospect. What I was building up to with that little rant was that those that sour taste. It's gone. On this, on this watch. Because I think Lost is a show that, in hindsight now, works immensely better through binge-watching than yeah. it did over seven years or six years of week-to-week viewing and then huge year-long breaks where there's so much... It's such a dense show. Hmm. There's so much information being thrown at you in almost every episode that... If you're the type of person who is just watching week to week and doesn't rewatch or doesn't discuss it with anyone in any way, just kind of just kind of watches it as like, a, yeah, I watch Lost every week. The same way that people watch The Walking Dead hmm. or, you know, whatever else is week to week. Now, there's not much week to week stuff now, is there? It's all binge watch. Yeah, it's quite a lot of but, um, binge watch. I think it holds up immensely to binge watching because things that happen, things that are called back to in season six you're like, yeah, I remember that because it was only a few months ago rather than six years ago. <laughs> and obviously it was my religion when I was a kid, so we used to fucking discuss it all the time and stuff, but there's still still elements of that last season that I was like, I don't like it. This time I'm on board, I think. Okay. And over the next hour or so, I, we're going to talk about why. <laughs> we're going to talk about But this is an interesting one as well as being a TV show because you've not watched Lost. No, not fully. You've seen, what, the first two seasons? I saw the first two seasons, although um, I can't remember when I bailed. And I can't even remember the reason why I bailed. Did anything about the episode from season two that I showed you ring any bells? Because um, that's about mid-season yeah, two. Yeah, it did. Like, the um, episode that we watched did sort of bring out the whole torture scene. Mm. I feel like 
their flashback rang some bells more than the stuff in the present day. Okay. Because that seemed quite familiar and stuff. Because Saeed's got a dark past. He's got a dark past. I feel like, yeah, I remember finding out he had a dark past. He's got a dark past. But it was like years and years ago that I watched yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you want to introduce the show? And then we can sort of go through how we're going to kind of do this episode, I guess? Which we're still not sure. We've sat down to record it and I still don't think we're like... 100% positive on how we're doing this. Much we're just like gonna... the, the writers of Lost, let's just wing it. Right, I'll combat that when we get into it. <laughs> Fucking bring it on. <laughs> What's up, people of People and Welcome to Second Opinion Movie Podcast or TV Podcast today. My name's Danny Jones and with me, my co-host, Scott Morrison. Okay, so we we don't really know exactly how to go about this episode because we've no. never done TV before. No, especially if I've gone this scale. Scale, yeah, 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 yeah. Because we've talked about how you, how I met your mother very passively, but yeah. we're not going to do an episode about how I met your mother. Um, So the way we did it, the way I thought would be best, was I, I kind of think Lost goes through uh, kind of three very different periods and divided into like season one and two, three and four, and five and six. Hmm. One and two is kind of the island survivor drama show um you know where they're dealing with basic survival but there there are sort of the the mystery elements there's what's the monster in the woods uh you know who are these other people that are already on the island um season three and four uh you kind of start to learn a lot more about what's on the island that it's not just a sort of deserted island that there are scientists who have been there at one point and 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 things like that and um that there are people who want to get to the island and they're prepared to do so by any means which includes you know sending a team of top tier military guys to you know come and take the island by force or not Hmm. take the island by force but you know come to the island by force and then season five and six is when you get into the very sort of high concept sci-fi stuff People who don't watch Lost might not know that there's time travel involved. That that's like a big deal in the show. Um, and so I thought by showing you kind of th- an episode from each of those periods, that yeah. would give you a sort of overarching view of how Lost is. Do you feel you got that? Yeah. I Like, I get it. Like, the first episode I watched had sort of like a... It was a bit more gritty. It was a bit more grimy. There were like... It was more sort of... Yeah, like it's very pulled back compared to the other two, isn't it? Yeah, it's very sort of focused on the small group of survivors, hmm. whereas the other two I showed you was very big picture. Aye, whereas the first yeah. one I watched was like more about like there was almost a dilemma of like, oh, should they torture? Is this going to help them? Is this like it's more about survival? It's more directly about survival. Where the second episode I watched was more um, faction based. There seemed to be a lot of factions yeah. going on, and there was a lot more. It's sort of like, like eating wasn't their biggest problem in the the second episode. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like they they had like they they were now working on bigger problems. Yeah, and the third one was mental sci-fi, which go backwards and forwards and time jumping and load people of being killed by younger versions of mothers and things like that. It was all yes. getting crazy. Um, but I wanted to show you those three because I thought they kind of captured the those periods. And I don't think... They're not the best episodes of the show. Um, you know, I, I think... Top-tier episodes, you'd be looking at things like... Episodes like Season 1, Episode 4, Walkabout, which has the reveal of John in the wheelchair. That's kind of one that is... 
unanimously agreed upon as one of the best episodes even though it's an early one it really captures what mm. lost is because john is a character who he's up or, he's up and about running about the island helping it like when they first crash yeah and i remember that but like in the flashback it turns out he's in a wheelchair he's in a wheelchair right up until the plane crash mm. and so when he landed he miraculously started walking again everyone has a secret that was the exciting sort of selling point mm. of um the the sort of first season when it was coming out was this sort of tagline of like everybody's got a secret and things like that um through sort of season one and two and three as well they um the way they sort of told the story was you had the on-island stuff and then you had flashbacks and each episode would be focused specifically on a character and you would learn something about their past that would then play into the stuff that was happening on the island. Cool. When you get to season four, though, it doesn't become so kind of... It becomes a lot more plot-driven. Uh, in season four, there's no more... There are no more flashbacks. There are flash-forwards now. Because what you learn is that uh, at the end of season four, six of the characters get off the island. So the way season four plays out up to that point is you're seeing on the stuff on the island in the present day is how they got up to the point where these six people leave the island. Hmm. But instead of flashbacks to their past, their flash forwards to what they do when they're off the island. And so when you change the format to that, you're no longer just building character. You're now driving plot hmm. all the time. And season five and six especially is kind of all heavy plot-driven stuff. And there's kind of a reason for that. Uh, apparently, season three, and I stand by I think, so I I, I love Lost. Did I mention that? <laughs> but there's, there are some bad stretches in Lost. Hmm. Particularly, I think that the first half of season three is pretty bad. It's a lot of filler. And there's a lot of people just kicking about being like, well, we're going to go across to this side of the island now. Who wants to come? Like, there's literally, it'll be like, who wants to come with us? You're like, what is this? Like, we're not watching a soap opera. Mm. Like, this is an intense, primetime drama. And um, apparently, when they hit that point, ABC was like, lads, you need to pull your fingers out. So they gave them an end date. And they told them that they had three more seasons to finish the show. Okay. So I think it that has something to do with it, where you get to the end of season three and it kind of more becomes like, let's just push the plot. And we always have to be doing... Not always have to be doing plot. There are still flashback episodes that enter into it occasionally. But even... We watched an episode from season five. The fla There is a flashback in that episode. There, you know, the, there are basic lost flashbacks. The, ba the general format of an episode is there. But then that turns out to also in itself be a plot point. Because you find out that this character's mother has been raising this person to go to the island so that a younger version of her in the past will kill them. Like, it's madness. Ah, it's a madness. Um, so, do you think I should just explain what Lost is about? I've always wanted, like, I've always wanted to know what Lost is about. Like, I tried watching Lost; it just wasn't for me. It feels too intense and intimidating now. That so much of it, yeah. Um, and like, I'm not as I'm not clearly as dedicated as you, but I've always wanted to know 
what what Lost was about. So I I think this is the podcast for people who are like me who, who don't want to watch it. Don't want to watch it because mm-hmm. you know we've got things going on and stuff. There's so much fucking TV. Like as I think that's the real big problem with TV. There's so much too much of it. Quote unquote unmissable TV. That like it's mm. too exhausting to then go back. I've um f- um got a box set of the Sopranos mm-hmm. in my um, collection because I've never seen it and I always wanted to watch it but like there's so much TV happening now that yeah I, I've had that, that definitely yeah. yeah for a few years now and I'm just like what like when am I going to go back and watch that when there's already a bunch of stuff yeah. I want to watch um, so I felt like this is the podcast for the people who've always wanted to know what Lost was about get to the crux of Lost um, but don't want to watch yeah. it this is condensing stupid amount of hours into 80 hours 80 hours into about an hour yes um it's funny because i you can tell how into it i got because when i first started it i was like okay lost will just be sort of my long running show i'll watch that when i've got time but i don't want to sacrifice other tv shows so i still watched like i still watched mindhunter and things like that um and it's funny how when i got to kind of season four is when I almost entirely, I kind of moved on to like, okay, I'll watch Lost, and then I've got a couple of shorter shows that I, I watch, you know, like 20 minute, 30 yeah, minute yeah. episode. And then after a while, it just became, no, like, Lost is my goal, because I want to, like, I, I'm just loving the show so much, and I'm so invested in all these characters and all the lore that I just want to keep pushing through with this, and I don't care what's happening on The Crown Season 2 anymore, because I want to watch this show from seven years ago that I know how it ends. <laughs> Amazing. But yeah. Um, okay. Well, we can we can try that. Computer, come on now. We can try that. Yes. And we'll just see how we get on. Right. Do you just want me to explain what Lost is about? Go on. Explain what Lost is and about. And I'm not talking just synopsis, synopsis like, no. there's a plane crash and these people have survived. I'm going to tell you what Lost is about. Cool. I'm going to try my best anyway. And pardon me if I get a little bit lost. <laughs> we did it, everyone. We made the pun. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Lost is about an island. Okay. On that island... It is pitched to you that at the center of this island is a light. And this light represents all the good in the world. Okay? Okay. And if this light was to ever go out, the world would be plunged into darkness. So there's kind of a way that the show pitches it to you where one of the characters says has a, uses a wine bottle as an example. Imagine the island is a wine bottle. The evil is the wine and the light is the cork and so if the cork were ever to be removed evil would spread does that make sense yes you could also i guess think of it like a light switch so it's it's like contains evil. yeah it's yeah, yeah. like it's a, a light gate it's yes containing evil cool so there are two men on the island cool one is called jacob and he is in charge of protecting the island and making sure that the light stays on and the evil never gets out but there's another man on the island and he doesn't have a name but he's referred to as the man in black. Okay. He is basically evil incarnate. That is how he's referred to in the show. He is so evil that he can turn himself into black smoke and he can also take on the image of dead people or people who have died on the island. Okay. So <clears throat> this is probably this is probably going to sound like a... I'm guessing the answer to this is it's a very, very basic mythology thing, but uh, is there like... 
a specific reason they are sentenced to do this on the island, or is this more like they are like, uh, like a, like a, I don't know what the word like is. Like a god? Yeah, like a god. A way of thinking, like, there, there is a kind of way of thinking of it, of just imagine sort of, yeah, god and the devil yeah. engaged in a, in a sort of... So they're of, like more, most omnipotent, like they're more, hmm. not like in their... Um, they are just cuz because obviously yeah. you get all these mythology things mm-hmm. and they they have to they have to start with something that something that made the nothingness and this is where lost originates to these two yeah people and i take it they're immortal they're so they are immortal yeah okay. and another issue is that they cannot kill each other okay okay but can they be killed they can be killed they just can't kill each other okay so they need to, f- and they desperately want to kill each other because obviously Jacob wants to kill the man in black to ensure that evil evil cannot gets. spread, yeah. and the man in black wants to kill Jacob because he just wants to get the fuck off that island. So that is where, obviously, you know, Danny, they're gonna need to find some people who can kill them. Cool. Enter the passengers of Oceanic Flight Eight One Five. Cool. Um, the the to, just to be stupidly clear the the plane that crashes the plane that crashes the the, the plane yes. that this whole thing's about yes so <clears throat> it is revealed that Jacob has handpicked these people throughout the course of their lives he has handpicked them and has basically pushed them to a point a place in their life where they will get on that specific plane that will be brought to the island okay so it's not contrived that they're all have these dramatic flashbacks. Yeah. Because when I first watched season one, it did seem kind of bizarre that every single one of them had an interesting backstory. Yeah. Where if you went on a plane just randomly, I very you'll probably find that most of them are, you know, fairly boring. Everyone has an interest in yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, but way. most but, people are boring. Most people But are. this is television, Danny. <laughs> like, if people, if everyone was boring, you know what it is? You know, so there are supposed to be 48 survivors yeah. of the plane crash. Show focuses on about nine of them. <laughs> the other 15, in one of the episodes we watched, you saw three people be shot uh, just out of nowhere. Uh, like, just, you've never seen any uh, of those people before, but they're supposed to have been on the plane and have well, been Well, that's, the, that's the whole concept of a red shirt from Star mm, Trek, where yeah. it's like, these yeah. are the crew members like who work lower tier and you haven't seen before. Mm. They wear a red shirt. They mm. come on just to be killed by the bad guys. So much so that they reference that in the first <laughs> season of the show. Yeah, yeah. The, the they, red shirt. they bring up the red shirt kind of analogy. Um, so like I kind of remember that vaguely. Because mm, mm. um, like, do they? Do you like? This is a really sidetrack question, but do you think the lost creators keep track of the how many of the forty-eight people they've got left to kill? I don't think. They do you do. think more than forty-eight? That people is have been one killed? of lo- one of the kind of main issues that Lost has is that when they feel that it's necessary, they will bring. Uh, you know, say they need to know. Say they need to have somebody who knows how dynamite works. Okay, so on the show, they're going to this boat, this old slaver ship that they know has old, very old dynamite on it. Suddenly, the show needs somebody who knows how dynamite works. Oh well, hey, we have you know forty survivors <laughs> we haven't talked to yet. Enter you know, Arts, the high school chemistry teacher who knows how dynamite works and he can explain it all to them. You know what I mean? That they are very guilty of doing that. Yeah. And it's definitely one of their one of the kind of elements of the writing that isn't very well handled. There's a particular plotline in season three uh, where two characters who we've never seen before, called Nikki and Paolo, are just suddenly introduced. 
and we're just and everybody knows them by name and everyone's joking with them <laughs> and you as the audience are just supposed to accept the fact that they are in it they fucked that up so badly that the show killed them off about seven episodes later because <laughs> um, it's hard to imagine like it'd be almost fun to imagine in a writer's room they've got like a a uh, like a, a board mm-hmm. with like 48 people on it and they go right well this episode hang on hang on Derek when you're writing that script don't kill off four people yeah. you need three people yeah. for the end. And if you kill them all off then like we're gonna have no bugger to kill in season five at the beginning of season five they pretty much definitively kill off all other survivors that aren't the main cast okay um there's kind of an incident when they are so in season five there's some time travel we'll get into that at some yeah. point but uh, there's sort of an attack on the beach and everyone who's not kind of the, f- the main cast is killed off. And so now you just have you, the likes of Jack and Kate and Sawyer. Easier and... to keep an eye yeah, on. Yeah, Wait, yeah, especially yeah. if you're about to go into time travel, it's easier to keep an yeah, eye on. Yeah, basically. You don't want like 40-odd people <laughs> knocking about the jungle like, whoa, what's all this time travel business? And then, you know, Jim, survivor number 20, pops up like, oh, maybe I can help. <laughs> um, an enthusiastic back to the future. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I can help out in this situation. Um, so, where did I get? So, enter. He's, Jacob has forced these um, yes. very specific people. Like, uh, this is a very, very side question. Is it all 48? He's or is it just the very specific? It is one? all forty-eight, yeah. But obviously, you kind of don't. You, know you don't go all of the them, but they're all yeah. supposed to be interested in yeah, some yeah, sort of yeah, way, yeah. right? Okay, cool. so basically, they are all picked because they have really shitty lives and they won't miss anything about their lives. That's effectively why they are chosen. Ouch! Um, they are brought to the island and they are sort of Jacob's candidates okay. to take over his role as protector of the island. Um, lot of stuff happens in the show. A lot of stuff, <laughs> and a whole bunch of people get killed. Okay. Till we are down to sort of the last handful. Now, if you'll remember, I told you that the man in black has the ability to take on the image of people who have died on the island. Cool. Uh, or sort of dead bodies on the island. Um, John Locke, played by Terry, Terry Q. Quinn, I believe, uh, dies at the sort of midpoint of season five. The man in black takes on his image. And that comes in handy because obviously people still think he's John Locke. Hmm. And so he can manipulate people and trick people into doing what he wants and things like that. And um, he gets to a point where he is able to use someone from the island to kill Jacob. Um, But in a kind of... In a kind of Star Wars, if you strike me down, I'll become more powerful than you can possibly imagine type deal. Jacob can still kind of come and talk to you after he's dead on the island. Um, So he comes to the remaining candidates and he's like, one of you has to take over my role as island protector. So Jack takes on the role. Big bloody Jack. Main character Jack. There are a bunch of main characters, but Jack is kind of considered the definitively main character. Um, he's the first person we see when the show starts and he's the last person we see when the show ends. He's also quite, the, probably the morally balanced yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he seems like he's, um, he's always trying to, he's trying to be the good guy. He's trying to be the good guy. He just wants to make, help people. Yeah, which makes him probably the most identifiable out of them. So, Jack takes on the role of Jacob. So we're now at sort of literally the end of the show. Cool. So John Locke is now the man, in, or the man in black is John Locke. Jack is Jacob. So we have our we have our rivals. So John Locke 
or the man in black or flock as he was known when the show was first airing fake lock flock still has this goal of popping the cork releasing the evil what happens is when he does this he doesn't realize that that makes him mortal again okay I don't necessarily know why, Daniel. It's one of those sort of mythology rules. Yeah. Like it's like the one of the, the, the fundamental rules of the mythology of Lost. Yeah. yeah, I could see that kind of... This is the thing, I think, with Lost, is that if you're in it for the mystery, there are some things that go unanswered. Or some things that... I don't know if people are nitpicky about it. I think when you have something that's this dense and this filled with lore... There's always going to be stuff that you can pick away at. Yeah. Um, which is why I think people have a problem with the finale. And with Lost in general. I love it. Um, so, he becomes mortal. So Jack is able to kill him. Right. So the man in black is gone. But Jack, hang on, hang on. All the evil's out in the world. Jack sacrifices himself to pop the cart back on. And right before he does that, he passes the mantle... Of being the protector of the island onto Hurley, who, if you all any of you know the show even remotely, he is the very very fat guy, lovable Hurley. Everybody loves Hurley. Everybody loves Hugo, which is the name of one of the episodes. Um, pass the role of the protector, protecting the island onto Hurley, and so Hurley's now going to stay behind and protect the island. Meanwhile, the last handful of survivors, and I really do mean a handful, escape on. <clears throat> there's a plot line. So I told you that the some people get off the island in season four. They return to the island in season five on another plane. Hmm. Uh, the last few survivors use that plane to escape from the island. And as Jack lies dying in the very place where he woke up in the first episode, he watches the plane fly off to safety. And then he dies. And that's lost. Also, have you ever heard the whole thing of everyone is dead? Yeah, I always mm. thought that was what was supposed to be the ending that everybody's in purgatory. So dead. this is a this is the big issue with season six and why season six is by far the poorest season because there's so many better ways they could have gone about it. So season six, rather than having flashbacks or flash forwards or flash measures, <laughs> they have flash sideways. Define a flash sideways. Okay, so. <clears throat> In season six of Lost, uh, the flash sideways are flashes to a world where the island does not exist. Right. And so when Oceanic Flight eight look when Oceanic Flight eight fifteen is on its little flight, it just whoosh, keeps on going and lands in LA exactly the way it's meant to. Okay. And in the flash sideways, not only that, but everyone is kind of leading quite not even Id- idyllic lives. But they seem to have kind of overcome the things that were issues to them. Okay. And so what lost... And so throughout these Flash Sideways, um, everyone from the plane gradually throughout these Flash Sideways start to meet up with one another. And when they kind of come into contact with the people who were most important to them, they have these flashes where they remember. They remember everything. The from island. the island. Yeah. yeah. Suddenly they remember it all. And so what a lot of people thought that that was building up to was. Uh, so in the episode we watched The Variable from season five. Cool. Daniel Faraday pitches the idea when they are in 1977. 
pitches the idea that if they stop the event that creates the hatch, they will stop all of the events that led to them coming to the island from happening. Because the way he sees it is the hatch is what brought them to the island because obviously the hatch was containing this electromagnetism. When Desmond failed to push the button, the the electromagneticism grew to a point where it was able to pull the plane down to the island. So it crashed the plane. So Des, uh, Daniel Faraday pitches the idea that if you stop the event that creates that burst of electromagnetism, if you stop that from ever happening, there will be no hatch, Desmond will never fail to push the button, and that way the plane will keep going. Okay. So the way a lot of people thought it was going to play out was that this was some kind of alternative universe or alternative reality. Uh... Because Lost, it felt like at that point Lost wasn't afraid to go there. Mm. Because they'd already done so much anyway. What it turned out was, <clears throat> Lost pitches the idea that after you die, you all go to a place where you are united with the people who shared the most important experiences of your life together. And then you all move on to the afterlife. Whatever that may be, you all move on together. Okay. And so throughout these flash sideways, people start realizing like, oh my god, you're John Locke. Whoa, we were on an island together. Whoa. And then they all go wait in this church. And then finally, Jack is like, oh my god, I'm dead. And they all move on. But this is all supposed to have happened after the island. So everything that happened on the island really happened. Like everything that happens in the show is real. Yes. Except for this flash sideways stuff. They are trying to go for this kind of... Because the the kind of premise, I feel like, of the whole show, for the most part, is this kind of science versus faith element. Okay. Uh, and you kind of most get that with Jack and Locke, where Jack is very much a man of science who thinks that everything on the island has like a rational explanation, and John is a man of faith who believes that they're all there for a purpose, and that everything happens for a reason. Um... Which makes sense because he crashed on the island as a paraplegic Aye. and suddenly can walk again. So that all makes sense. And I think when you get to the end of the show, the show really leans into accepting faith, whatever your faith may be. You know, even at the church, in the very last scene, they um, they all get together at a church and they all sort of move on to the afterlife together. They're all sort of uh, consumed by this white light. And it's very dramatic. But in the church, there are there's symbolism from all different religions. It's not okay. just Christianity. So I think that's what the show is, is trying to pitch. That you should lean on the faith in your life and that it's important to have faith in your life. I, That's the aspect of the show that I really don't like and I think most people are in agreement on. Yeah. Because what it ended up inevitably doing was people who spent the whole time the show was on going, I bet you they're all dead heard about that and went i told you they were all dead and it's like well no they're not all dead everything that they happened, all died eventually they all died eventually yeah. everything that happened happened and i don't understand why they went down that route and i think <clears throat> part of it i think is because hmm, like i think i said earlier i feel like there are kind of two camps of people who watched lost there are people who are in it for the mystery and there are people who are in it for the characters and i think that that ending or that kind of subplot for people who are in it for the characters is quite satisfying because you get <clears throat> characters who died 
four seasons ago, five seasons ago, coming back and being reunited okay. with these people that you love and stuff. And that is quite satisfying. It just seems like an odd way to go. And from my understanding, <clears throat> Damon Lindelof, one of the writers, has went on to write The Leftovers. Right. Ooh. Oh, good morning. Which is a, a show about uh, the rapture taking place and it follows the people who get left behind cool. after the rapture. That apparently tackles a lot of similar themes, but much, much better. Okay. And it annoys me that if you didn't think you had a good way to do this, then why did you do it? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like why why go into the whole mm. afterlife Because business? it has no effect on anything as well. Mm. It... <sighs> Part of it feels in a way like a distraction almost from developments that are happening on island and things like that. It just, I don't know, it almost like they're trying to pull some kind of sleight of hand of like, you think this is going to be an alternative universe, but it's it's not. Because obviously, like I was saying, Daniel Faraday sort of pitches the idea that if they stop everything from happening, then the plane will continue to fly. Hmm. And so at the end of season five, they think they've stopped the event. That caused the hatch what they've actually done is caused it right okay so if they had just left if they had just left well enough alone then they would have changed time but they didn't because they tried to change time they actually did things the way they were supposed to happen does that make sense yes um time travel mumbo jumbo um so when season five ended it ended with the explosion and you think and then, so you're like, oh, what's happened? Have they stopped the event? And then season six opens with the plane flying and landing in Los Angeles. And you're like, they've done it. They've like, they've stopped the, the, the hatch from being created. But then you cut back to the island and it turns out, no, they haven't. That they've actually caused the thing that they were trying to prevent. Okay. Um, because everything that happened, what happened, happened as... The scientist Daniel Faraday, who is the one who ends up trying to destroy the hatch, who thinks that that's what they should do. He, you know, spent the rest of the show being like, whatever happened, happened. Like, time cannot be changed. And in trying to change it, he further proves that it cannot be changed. Okay. That is exciting. But, so it just led to this kind of weird, like, well, what's the point in all this? What have we achieved? Other than satisfaction for people like me who were kind of really in it for the characters. I don't know. Okay, because when you start talking about sight flashes and like um, the idea of two different universes, I I almost put like on a, a quantum physics sort of level mm. where there, you know, the whole very famous experiment Schrodinger's cat, where there's two possibilities yeah. coming out um, of the box, whether the cat is dead or not, and they both exist in a hypothetical sense until it's proven one of them's right. And I thought that's where it was going to go when you were yeah. describing it. Like, there's two alternative yeah, realities. Yeah, that's how everybody thought it was going to go. Like, it's two alternative realities, one where the plane makes it, one where the plane doesn't, and until a definitive, something definitive yeah. happens that snaps them into the set. Um, yeah. Snaps into the right one being the true one. Um, it was kind of stuck between them. Yeah. So, but I, I love everything. I, like, I love it. I on rewatch it worked better but it always kind of felt like a distraction from what was really going on. Okay. Cuz I want to focus on the on island stuff. Yeah. 
because you don't want it to be like it's because that's why i've always heard it's like they were in purgatory but like it doesn't it doesn't sound satisfying to be told at the end of six seasons oh by the way everything that happened was on an island yeah. that was on purgatory which, yeah no it wouldn't be satisfying no because that's the equivalent of the character woke up and it turned out to all be a dream yeah which would not be satisfying no. either. But it's just one of those things you have to defend, really. When people are like, aren't they all dead? You're like, no, they're not, they're not all dead. It's just, you have to watch the show. and <laughs> So that's Lost. That's yeah. like the overarching, that's what Lost ended up being about, was this kind of chess game between God and the devil. Um... Is that what you expected from season one? No, I didn't expect it to be so mythology based. Yeah, because like um, because there's so much, because there's so much happening. So that because like what you've done is you've explained like the very basic core of Lost, but you've circumvented, you've circumnavigated yeah, six the, seasons of like six seasons of the whoever the others are. Yeah, whoever the Dana, what's it called? Dharma, Dharma uh, initiative. initiative is. Um, you've circumvented like, um, like the 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 ruins and the because yeah. there's some of the stuff of the episode we watched there was like when uh, they refuse to when they almost don't press this button uh, it starts mm-hmm. turning into hieroglyphs mm-hmm. and there's a, a statue mm-hmm. um a big statue that's destroyed for most of the series but um in a long long time ago flashback is stood up like where does that all come from so there's a lot that seems to like in the middle yeah there's this actually the main story actually i guess that's involved in every tv show almost yeah (laughs) like it seems impressive that most of the stuff like is almost filler but not in a bad way but like in a sort of like uh, these obstacles aren't actually anything to do with the main yeah thing except for the fact that it gets in their way and obviously it helps them like these things like the darlington initiative like um dharma initiative like helps them understand mm-hmm. what's going on mm-hmm. um so it's not like they're they're useless or irrelevant or anything like that but they're not um the main story it's almost as if because they're candidates of jacob it's almost as if they are sort of put through all these trials hmm. and that's what happens over the course of the six seasons and it kind of come dwindles down to this final four in a way but yeah it does it is it's interesting how much the show changes over six episodes uh over six seasons sorry six episodes <laughs> i watched lost if it was six episodes um you should watch lost even though it's six seasons mate it's bloody good mm, all these tv shows have a series bible like a, a book that the writers refer to um when they um are writing an episode so that they know all of the um all of the uh, the so they can stay consistent basically yeah. so that they're all on the same page literally all on the same page as yeah. book and um, in studying it I've I've read a part of the the lost series bible and I thought the oh, most yeah. intriguing part of it was J.J. Abrams at the beginning I believe he wrote it uh, pitching lost and this is the fascinating thing that I um, that I was wanting to ask of what you think of as fan is that lost doesn't have a specific genre. Okay. Lost, like the series Bible talked about how it encompasses, um, that the original pitch for Lost is it encompasses like a, a bunch of procedurals. Like you have a doctor, you have like a arguments. And if you want you this, like, for example, if you want this one to be like a medical drama, you have the, the setup to make a medical uh-huh. drama. So what do you think about Lost as a genre? Do you think that 
is that something it starts off at and loses or is it something that it stays consistent but like there is it like multiple genres it can like not just like genres as in uh like what you would consider film genres but like tv types yeah i think in the earlier seasons it definitely did like um like what you said you kind of you have a doctor on the island and you have the criminal and you have a hunter and all these kind of different people with all these different skills so you can kind of always have someone on hand to do what you need to happen um and i think especially in the flashbacks they were always able to do like well in this episode in this flashback jack's dealing with a complicated uh surgery or in this episode sawyer's pulling off a long con or in this episode john locke you know is dealing with the 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 fact that his father doesn't love him and he has to you know give his kidney up that was a depressing plot line (laughs) so i guess it didn't work like that but i do think as well that kind of like i said the the way the show kind of develops from survivor drama to sci-fi show and even the last season i would say even more heavily kind of delves into fantasy elements Hmm. there's a lot of like mystical magical elements as opposed to sci-fi stuff um a lot more kind of things you'd find there you know there's a lot more things to do with temples and ancient magic rather Hmm. than sort of the time travel kind of season which is more quantum physics and electromagnetism and all these big science words and things like that yeah that is that is quite that is quite interesting that they almost put everyone they needed onto that especially as well because i think the first few seasons as well you still have you have kind of something for everybody because hmm. you've got the mystery but you've got like love triangles yeah and things like that as well which does kind of go away a little bit in the later seasons because i think there was just too much plot to deal with you could kind of tell from the <clears throat> episodes we watched as well where the second and third episode we watched from the later seasons very plot driven yeah the first episode we watched one of the subplots was that they were trying to catch a tree frog yeah because they're just kicking about the island yeah because they didn't know where they were going with the show at that point so it's just like we're just having them do things and hoping for the best fair enough so do you think like the mass of genres towards the end is kind of helped to alienate it or do you think the lost fans were always on board i think it did i think it makes sense that people dropped off around season five because if you're not into that kind of sci-fi stuff and then you realize that that is now what the show is then i could see that being like the point where where you you aren't into it anymore or an easy dropping off point Hmm. um as opposed to any of the other seasons because that really is when it starts to get complicated and if you're watching it week to week as well it's a lot to keep up with like if you're not fucking super into it like i am a lot to keep up with do you think that's something involved in lost like um because you said it's easy it's easier to watch lost binge in it yeah. rather than week to week um but obviously when lost came out you didn't like um you didn't binge watch yeah. like that's not something you were able to do it was week by week do you think that's do you think lost would have done better now if it was a netflix original that dropped its seasons all at oh. once and they'd only be like 10 episodes long well, say for the, this argument that they're they're all the they're, same. They're all it's the same show. I think it would do better. I almost think it's because I think a lot of questions, some questions that people had at the end. I think a lot of it was just things that had kind of been forgotten about, hmm. rather than 
things they'd actually feel tan. So there are some very big glaring ones. Which I think is because a lot of things were asked in the kind of first two seasons where they didn't know what their end game was. Or they didn't know when their end date was. Yeah. So they were just spinning their wheels. So there's a lot of mysteries that come up that aren't resolved. There's a big one involving a, in a Hurley flashback, you discover that the character of Libby, at the very end of the episode, you discover that the another character, the character of Libby, is in a mental hospital. And that's a big reveal. And a few episodes later, that character dies. Okay. And so you never, ever find out why she was there. Um, so you think maybe, maybe there's a lot even for the writers to handle. To keep track of. Yeah, yeah. almost. I think so. Especially they had so many different writers coming in. Yeah. I mean, Damon Lindelof and Cartland Hughes kind of, I think, oversaw most of it. But you had like Brian K. Vaughan stepped in to do writing for it's mostly the fifth season, I think, which is the sci-fi heavy one. Um Adam Horowitz, uh, the writer... What's the name of the director of Cloverfield? The first Cloverfield? Oh. Dan something? I can't remember. I can't remember. But... He came in as well. Yeah, he certainly did. All of J.J. Abrams' pals. J.J. 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 Um, Jar Jar Abrams. Remember when he ruined Star Wars? kid Jaja is JJ stand for Jaja that was the joke that's not my joke it's a common joke I've never seen that connection before so that's exciting for many reasons uh, <laughs> um, I just thought it was interesting that the week the week because like you the especially the first episode I watched today was quite self-contained or at least it had self-contained elements because that's how, when Lost started, that's how people watch TV. You channel hop until you come across mm -hmm. a show. And, like, it's weird to think of it now because we all have access to a lot of just, like, box sets that we can binge and binge from start to finish. Like, it's almost madness now to be a person who is channel hopping, maybe comes across an episode of Game of Thrones halfway through season yeah. four and just decides to watch it. Yeah. Like, if you know, you're like, well, no, I'm going to watch this from the first episode of the first season and uh -huh. really understand what's bloody going on here. But, like, that's not how TV was watched back then. And, um, like, that's... It's strange to think of Lost as, like, a from a different time of watching TV and how that would have affected it. Yeah. I think that's why they we talked about it in the one of the first kind of self-contained episodes. Um, there is a point where a character says to another character, he's like, the last time I saw you, <laughs> you did this, and then you did this. And that caused us to do this. And I was like, there you go, Danny. You just got a little summary. Uh, and I was like, are moments like that written for people who don't watch the show, who might be channel hopping? And then you were like, well, no. this You've got to remember this is week to week. Yeah, There's a lot to remember. And so even though there's only about 16 episodes in between what he's talking about and the actual event that he's talking about when it happened, that is obviously... In a different season as well. So not only is that 16 weeks of episodes, but then there was also, you know, an eight-month gap. So you really are trying to, like, stretch fill people in. Um, and I was like, you just don't think about things like that anymore. Especially things like, uh, yeah, like like binge-watched shows. Like, Stranger Things is a movie. Yeah. It's just a movie. Ah, it's just a long movie. Yeah. Man. You don't... Things aren't kind of written in that way almost anymore. Hmm. Um... 
even Game of Thrones, even though that's week to week, Game of Thrones does just rely... Well, obviously it relies on you knowing everything that's going on. Game of Thrones ain't fucking about. No. Although Game of Thrones is now written in a way where it's just fucking over-explained nonsense so that people who watch it in bars can keep up with what's happening and I don't know. It's annoying, but... Um, yeah... So you don't think it's it's written, you don't think Lost is written for channel hoppers? You think it was written for the fans? Oh, it was definitely written for the fans, big time. I think you had to be in it from the get go. It was one of the first. It's one of the only shows. I feel like that's another common conversation that I have with a lot of people. Is oh yeah, I watched Lost, but then I missed an episode, and uh, I tried watching the next one, didn't understand what was happening, so I just had to leave it. And I'm like, that shit. Remember when you used to have to do that? Yeah. Remember when there was no Sky Planner? I remember I used to have to tape Lost. Aye, aye. on a VHS um, I had to tape it at my grand's house because we didn't have Sky she had Sky and then I would take it back to my house and watch it on VHS Aww. what a complicated setup to watch Lost but that's how into it I was like I could not afford to miss an episode I remember VHS in Doctor Who mm. like so that I didn't miss an episode mm-hmm. um, I remember doing like put, put the sticker over the over the little square so that like it, it knew to record it Oh. Um, also, what, what like uh, another show that I know you're a big fan of that I I've they're very much both shows I've only watched the very first seasons of, but have a share like an element of survival. How do you think Lost informed The Walking Dead? Oh, I'm an ex fan of The Walking Dead. Yes, but you're a you're a very recent ex fan. Ex fan. I only recently patched it. How do you? Because like I when I watched The Walking Dead for the first time, I must admit. Because of that sort of survival element, we had a camp of people, and you were um, together, and that sort of. I very yeah. much felt like Lost, like the early seasons of Lost. I think the issue that Walking, the, the big issue Walking Dead has, I think a lot of the time is that they don't know, they can't figure out how to tell this story about lots of scattered camps and things like that, or scattered groups. So instead, what they keep doing is choosing to focus an episode on a specific group and you only learn about that group for the episode and then you can go two to three episodes without ever hearing about them again because you're focused on other people that is where i think it loses people because that's a lot of there's a lot of time obviously to go through without seeing groups and if you're only kind of in it for if you're watching it because you love rick grimes but then you don't know what's happening with rick grimes for three weeks that can be very frustrating especially free real-time yeah. weeks like that's it's pretty much a month yeah and also they're focusing on so many different characters and they've gotten to a point now where they don't really hone in on anyone um it's all very broad lost made the the smart move of lost does the traditional television structure of having an a plot a b plot and a c plot so you've always got uh your a plot will usually be the on island stuff b plot will be flashback or flash forward or whatever's going on and c plot will usually be to do with what's happening with the other people that we aren't focused on right now. Hmm. So if you look at the three episodes we watched, like the first episode, the main plot was Saeed, Locke, and Jack dealing with this stranger that's come right. into their... And they weren't sure if he was a threat or... And they're not sure if he's a threat or, or, or a friend, a friend or foe. The B plot was the flashback to Saeed, and we learn about how he became a torturer, which plays into the A plot of him torturing someone. Hmm. And then the C plot is about what's happening back on the beach camp with, you know, the characters who aren't important to this story, but we need to keep up with them. Ah. 
And then they also made the smart decision in Lost. And so they do that. They did that with every episode. Uh, the second episode we watched, you had um, the main focus was on Ben and the fact that the soldiers have come to the island to take Ben or to capture Ben. You had the B plot, which was Ben's flash forward to what he's doing when he's off the island. And then you have the C plot, which again is flashing back to the beach camp on the other side of the island to see what's happening to those characters. doesn't go back to that plot a lot, but it goes back just enough to where you catch up with them and they get some development. Hmm. Uh, and the last episode we watched, um, we kind of only have an A plot and B plot by that point because that's when it's got very... So we have the A plot of... There is kind of a C plot. What was the well, C like plot? I, you know, I would say the A plot is them trying... the uh, Daniel's character, the physicist, who's trying to... Um, he's trying to save like the whole plane and stuff and he's trying to work the time travel then you have the b plot which is uh flashing back to him growing up and his relationship with his mother yeah. and there's a sort of c plot happening where sawyer and oh juliet has, don't want to leave the have kidnapped someone oh yes 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 they've kidnapped someone so yeah. they're trying to deal with that but that's also to... still kind of in the same yeah it's... kind yeah, of I guess but so. like it's it does feel separate well, at least with me without having the full context yeah. of what's happening it, seems it feels like separate because it's like sawyer's problem not yeah. necessarily say jack's, jack's problem okay i get you so there's like maybe even like even even if by that point of loss they've had to like they've had to like take the sort of um, sometimes the emphasis of the C story or where it ha- whether it has like a lot to do with it and they're all tied together. But like it does because it was kind of um, almost jarring in the first episode we watched this whole there's a frog story yeah. where Soy is being annoyed by, <laughs> by a, frog. a tree frog and they have to catch the frog. Um, and it's almost like jarringly, uh, slightly jarringly, um, yeah, completely different to the A and B plot. Um, but it's there as well. By that time, they've got the C. They evidently need every minute of screen time to be integrated into some sort of plot. plot. And the C yeah. plot is its own sort of separate, yeah, uh, like its own thing that's also heavily related to the other stuff. I would agree with that. But I think that's how it does better than The Walking Dead. And I think also Lost makes the good choice of every episode is focused on a specific character, but not to the point where you're not finding out about other characters just to the point where you're kind of seeing the event more through their eyes so the first episode we watched was obviously saeed focused hmm. and you're very much in the room with him when he's torturing this this potential threat the other episode we watched was focused on ben and that very much had to do with the fact that they were there for him hmm. and they had his daughter and that's a big issue for him and then the last episode was very focused on Daniel and how Daniel has come up with this idea to solve the problem and he needs to get everyone on board with him. Um, So you're always... There's always all the other characters are involved. It's just that it kind of hones in on a specific character. Mm. I think that's a smart choice because you're always... You're always getting a kind of protagonist for each episode. Even though you have 15 main characters to choose from or to focus on, you always have like a protagonist for each episode and walking, walking dead, dead doesn't, doesn't do that. that walking dead just wants you to just focus on everyone all the time and it's so sporadic and all over the place and that's why i stopped watching it okay. which is a shame because i've been watching walking dead since the very beginning but fuck the walking dead <laughs> it's so so painfully bad now it's it's unreal like yeah yeah it's fascinating do a walking dead episode one day you'd have to watch it all mate um Oh, I just thought they were quite they had quite similar themes of like yeah, I was wondering I how much Walking Dead took from 
lost but clearly not enough lost is obviously also more about the mystery yeah. whereas walking dead stays on that survivor kind of aspect mm. Does it not go into some sort of bigger picture thing? Yeah, well, there's wars. Good, they're always well. The th- problem with The Walking Dead is that they're always just fucking. They beat the threat and then they just have to move on, and then there's a new threat and they beat that threat and then they move okay. on, and it's always the same thing. It's so like the Walking Dead. rinse, <laughs> wash, rinse, repeat, like kind of. So maybe when The Walking Dead's doing the thing in season three of Lost, where it's spinning its wheels, but it hasn't yeah. been given uh, a walking deadline. Yeah. It was also good. <laughs> it was also interesting to watch Lost and see plot developments happen based on outside influences, okay. mostly to do with actors having to bail. Uh, so the whole thing I talked about with the character of Libby, there's this big reveal that she was in a mental institute. We never find out why, because in a few episodes later, her character is killed off. Her character was killed off because she was involved in a DUI. Really? Um, while filming in Hawaii. And the insurance from the shoot couldn't cover it. So they fired her. Um, oh. And so they had to write her out of the show. So even though they have, they clearly have this plotline written for her. They're like, well, we can't do it. We just have to kill her off. So they, granted, they utilize it in a, a different plotline. Which is still interesting. Where she gets killed off. But... It is one of those kind of big mysteries that goes unsolved because of an outside influence. Okay. And it's the same with there's a character, a, f- a fan favorite is a, a character called Mr. Echo. He is kind of set up to be quite a big, important character. And then he decided that he didn't want to film in Hawaii anymore. And so they had to just sudden, very, very suddenly write him out of the show. So it's like one minute he's this important character, the next minute, nope, he's gone. He's dead. Out of it. So in your opinion... Mm-hmm. Does Lost know its ending? From the beginning? From the beginning. Episode 1, season 1. Does Lost know its ending? Okay. I think... I don't think they knew exactly how it would end. But I definitely think they knew exactly what they were doing in terms of the Jacob Man in Black okay. stuff. Because in the early episodes, there is a fair bit of symbolism to do with black and white okay. uh, in one of the very first episodes ja- john locke is playing a game of i think it's backgammon or something like that um and he holds up two he very it's sort of like fucking battling down the camera like piece to camera he's like two sides one is dark the other is white and you know one of them has to win out and um a few episodes later, they also they, they stumble across the caves, which is where they live for a while, and there are two skeletons there. And uh, they go into the skeleton's pockets and take out... Uh, there's a little bag, and in the bag, once again, is two rocks. One is black, the other is white. And um, years later, in season six, that is that is all kind of shown how that how they got there in a big flashback to like the very early days of the island um and it's all to do with jacob and the man in black okay so i think they knew they wanted to do all that stuff but i don't i think in terms of kind of smaller scale things they didn't there's the the, kind of famously the character of walt who is the 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 child who was on the, the plane is constantly told that he's special and he's kidnapped by the others 
um, because they they claim that he's special. And then Michael, his father, does whatever he can, and he sacrifices a lot of people's lives. That's actually how Libby dies, is because he kills Libby to let the the hostage from the hatch to let him out of the hatch and escape. Because he's told if he does that, he'll get his son back. And he gets his son back, and they leave the island together. And Walt never comes back to the island. And I think I do think the reason that Walt doesn't come back to the island is because the actor got too old too quickly. Yeah, okay. And so they couldn't convincingly say, well, this is only meant to have been, say, four months, but he's aged by three years. <laughs> um, whereas, obviously, with older actors, that's not an issue. Hmm. So I, I think there's things like that where they were clearly, they had an idea where they wanted to go with things like that. Do you like think that. maybe Walt was going to become the... I think so. ...takeover yes. of Jacob, I think that the was the that was the kind of... And there is an epilogue to Lost... I don't know if you knew about this. Well, what in what sense? There's, there's a 15-minute-long short that was released on the season six DVD called "The New Man in Charge," and it's all about Hurley tying up loose ends. So Hurley is the new Jacob at this point. Yeah, tying up loose ends, and it's sort of them answering a couple of kind of small-term time questions that went unanswered. Um, and then the last thing they do is they go to find Walt. And Walt's like, oh, I always thought that... And it, it, he's older at this point, obviously. But he's like, I always waited for someone to come back for me. And they're like, well, we've come back for you now. And I've got a job that I'd like to talk to you about. And you're like, oh, he's going to ask him to become the new Jacob. Okay. Um, or the new, you know... That, Hurley, should, that heavily suggests that that's what Walt... What they, if, what if that they was the to plan, do, yeah. If the Jacob, uh, was all, uh, Jacob of Man in Black was always the end yeah. point. But um, he might have been like the plan. But I think that was always the end game. Hmm. And Do you think, I think it's lost is a a combination between a somewhat confirmed ending, but sort of an improvising yeah. round things? Because yeah. as you said, like characters had to die because of real life influences, mm-hmm. um, like aging and DUIs. Yeah, um, <laughs> the two main influences. The two main influences in life. Um, so like they've had to sort of work around it, and of course, every episode of Lost needs some sort of cliffhanger in order to get the audience back on. For the next episode, for the ongoing story, there's yeah. no way you could plan out every single cliffhanger in advance. Yeah. So they've had to do some sort of. So there's a sort of improvising slash mm. idea because because obviously everyone says that about Lost. Like um, there's this idea they didn't that know they, they didn't know where yeah. the ending was. Um, how do you think that works compared to a TV show where it is all planned out? I can't think of one off the top of my head. I mean, head. it's definitely there's less kicking about. Lost has a lot of filler. Like that's not especially mm. well the first the the second three seasons don't. Second three seasons are quite linear and very to the point. First three seasons, there's a lot, a lot of filler episodes, a lot of catching tree frogs, and things like that. <laughs> um, so I think in terms of you know like Stranger Things comes out and they've got ten episodes and they know where they're going. That works. Hmm. But something like Lost, and there's got to be a point where surely the Sopranos, they didn't know what the end game was. I mean, how long does Sopranos go on for? But like Sopranos doesn't have an overarching mystery. I guess so. That they're like because like the thing about lost is that they're always they're trying to engage and sort of pay off this uh, mystery i do think things like the smoke monster i think they i don't even think they knew it was a smoke monster when they released the pilot like i think they were just like oh they hear a monster in the woods and yeah. they just figured out what that was as the show went on that's interesting because something like stranger things like strange things to me is like so uh, it's it's like perf- the first season especially it's like perfect writing and the fact that um mysteries pay off almost as quick yeah. as new mysteries start yeah. so like even though um 
you might at the beginning you don't know what's attacking everyone and what's where where it's from by about halfway through you know half the answers but you still have questions and it's very very particularly planned out it's almost why i think like uh, even though i like the second season of uh, stranger things i think the first season is just because i think that's been planned to the point, yeah, yeah, yeah. As where the second season's obviously made a year after, yeah. To um, to as a as a follow up, but like that's obviously pre-planned almost to the uh-huh. every cliffhanger, um, especially because they have only eight episodes where Lost has twenty-two per season. Yeah, well, the first so the first three seasons of Lost have twenty-four episodes a season. The fourth season has fourteen because it was written during the writer's strike. Oh, of course, it might even be twelve. Um, and then the fifth and sixth season both have 17 episodes, I think. Um, so it's kind of... It's interesting that the season that was written during the writer's strike is my favourite season. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. Um, but there's always that sort of um, necessity, um, like, nurtures creativity. Yeah. I think that's it. It feels like the tightest season. There's no fanning about in season four. <laughs> um, we ain't got time. Because um, then you get something like Doctor Who... Which almost loses you entirely on its almost entirely improvised mysteries. Yeah. Where like some something happens in Doctor Who. There is even stuff that just straight up is never resolved mm-hmm. because of like it's so it's like Doctor Who feels very improvised, very improvised. Uh and then Stranger Things, which is very, very particular, and you got lost that's trying to um wave between them yeah. and trying to adapt to its uh, necessities around it but also try and have some sort of end goal that it can stay consistent to yeah it's funny because you can tell like the work the kind of episode that's considered the worst in the show is um an episode called stranger in a strange land i think it's season three episode nine or something it's real bad it's real real bad why is it bad it's just such blatant filler and really does feel like a spin in their wheels episode where they don't really know where they're going with it. There's a very bad plot line involving the others judging, like literally judging another character. Uh, there's some tr- terrible acting in it. The whole thing feels rushed in the way that it's shot. It looks like it no longer kind of looks like they're in the jungle. It looks like they're on sets. Okay. And very badly, like overly exposed and overly lit and things like that. And, just not good and it is interesting how that was the period where the producers were like right here's your end game like here's your you've got three more seasons you need to wrap this shit because i think even they looked at those episodes and they were like you they need to be working towards something Hmm. we can't just have them meandering through this show just making things up as they go along like we need an end goal well the alternative would presumably be that they'd keep meandering until their ratings hit rock bottom and then they have to wrap it up extremely quickly and it's like season three at the beginning is that that, around that time period as well is when jacob is first mentioned so it kind of feels like the second jacob is mentioned that's when we're now working towards our end goal because for the first two seasons jacob is never is nothing Hmm. not even his name is mentioned um and so it isn't until yeah that those kind of first that kind of mid-batch of season three where jacob finally starts becoming a, a key player in terms of the plot and we start moving towards something okay it's like yeah good job guys because this was <laughs> bullshit <laughs> um so how has the experience of watching this lost 
It's been great. your life. It's been so good. Well, like, any any sort of epiphanies on how TV shows work or does it reveal anything to how, I, uh, anything different to how you engage with TV? I think I miss, <coughs> even though it led to some plot lines that kind of went un, un, unanswered and things like that. I do, this whole binge watching thing, I think it has just led to TV shows are just kind of like movies now. Hmm. And that even though it's a, it's 10 hours, you're, it's still, at the end of the day, kind of just plays out like a movie. Like a long movie. And also, I feel like too much TV, it all looks the same now. It all looks good. Or it all looks sort of serviceable. I feel like gone are the days of where, you know, they they just had... They were just, you know, they had one season and they might get renewed and it was all... But it was all... They had to write it in a way where they had to keep you hooked for the next season. Mm. And this kind of episode by episode, week to week structure, which led to like a lot of mystery and things like that. I think I kind of miss that. Okay. Almost. I really enjoyed that with Lost. Having these kind of... Hooks. Huge hooks and through lines and... Kind of, yeah, kind of missed that a lot. And, um... I think I I love the way that like I said like what I talked about earlier the way that every episode kind of follows that structure of I think more shows especially things like The Walking Dead need to learn from that. What was the question again? I feel like I've rambled. How it enhances. You know that, that that was what the question was like how how has it changed your TV running experience? Like you've um you've decided that like there's a there like films are just like tv series can just end up being long films yeah where there's um the, you think there's more of like that was always the original like not originality it was what separated tv from um films yeah is that this idea of this ongoing story of hooks that keep you engaged um that like it needed to bring you back for the next mm. week well and... that's it there's no more of that anymore no because they know you're gonna watch the next one Aye, or even there, there maybe is that there maybe there's that to the extent where every episode Kind of on like Netflix, especially every episode ends with like, "Boy, but it's this guy." Da, 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 and you got to, you know, you sit there and you go, "Fuck, I need to watch the next episode hmm. to find out what happens." But I guess the difference is that in Netflix, all you have to do is not do anything for fifteen seconds, and it will bring on your next episode. Yeah, you. that's it. Whereas so, Lost is trying to get you to stick around, like, keep to their schedule, yeah. like to go for you to watch the end of their episode and go, "Oh my god." This time next week, but an hour earlier, I need to be here in this place watching this yeah. thing on this specific channel. Well, that was great. Which is a very, that's actually kind of a, just an incredible thing to try mm. and get someone. And they got do. such an insane pool of talent to come in. Like I said, people like Brian K. Vaughn coming in to write episode. Shout out to fucking Jack Bender, right? I don't know who this guy is, <laughs> but. God damn, every time Jack Bender's fucking name came up as a directed by Jack Bender episode, it was nine out of ten times it was a fucking great episode. He, apparently, <laughs> apparently he's been involved quite heavily in Game of Thrones, which makes me really happy. Because he's a stunning director. It's weird how he's almost become one of my favourite directors, <laughs> even though all I know him from is kind of episodes of Lost. But every episode that he did was always just so tightly done and um, the, the way he kind of used the camera and stuff was always a lot more exciting than a lot of the more straightforwardly shot episodes hmm. and uh, yeah I really like Jack Bender and then you got people like Michael Giacchino is that how you pronounce his name the composer yeah yeah, yeah. doing 
this incredible score in almost every scene. Um, and then in cinema of actors, people like Terry Q. Quinn, who's stunning, absolutely stunning, as uh, John Locke, who gets to play the goody and then the bad guy. Which is so exciting to watch because it is just like watching two different characters. Even though he's wearing John Locke's face, hmm. you are like, that's not John Locke anymore. It's just a really exciting show that I think was made... I think I think without Lost, I really do believe this, without Lost, I don't think TV would be the way yeah. it is now. I think Lost really launched that high concept, heavy on lore sort of dramatic show because there's a lot like i guess the thing about lost that might be very unique for it is that like it would have sparked a lot of fan theories mm. a lot of that like yeah every that TV yeah. show now has like some sort well of that was how we used theory. to talk about it yeah. do you have theories and stuff like it's almost to the point where the most recent like most recent show like rick and morty the writers full up admit there is no overlining plot because anything they came up with would be guessed on Reddit yeah. within a couple of hours of them broadcasting it. Like, that's how big... Like, the the, the fan theory community is going so big, it's actually destroying TV uh-huh. a bit. Um, but like, it's destroying everything. We've talked about this. <laughs> we talked about this at the Whiskey Galore episode. Yes. But um, how everybody's got an input into how movies are made now. Um, but, like... It sounds like now it sounds like an insult coming back. But like, what shows were before Lost that would have create had such a demand for fan theories? Yeah, like no one's got a particularly interesting fan theory for Friends. Yeah, uh, nobody's got that. But even or like, even sort of The Sopranos and things like that. It's yeah, like what you said. Or Breaking Bad. Like Breaking Bad is a tremendous show, but you don't. Come, it's not. A sh- there's not a fan theories yeah. for Breaking Bad. You could go. Well, maybe I think it should go in this direction. But you're not basing that on any sort of. Like mystery, yeah. mystery that it's coming up. Like, what what was before Lost that like engaged audiences on that level? I really do believe it was the launch. I do believe it was the launching pad for that kind of television culture. I think it's an an important piece of television history that I think is being too easily forgotten because people just think they all died at the end or they were all dead at the end, in, you know, the whole time. Well, you've convinced me, Scott Morrison. Would you watch it based on those three episodes? Would you like? Were you into those three episodes, even though you didn't know what was happening? Uh, yes, I was engaged by it. If, if I'd lost, if I'd watch it, I feel like it would have to be that every TV show I ever wanted to watch, or every film that I've ever wanted to watch, would like will hold for a year. Yeah, and like it gave me a breathing spirit period to watch Lost. I feel like that's sort yeah. of the circumstance. Well, it took me half a year. But you were quite... But towards the end, you were quite, like, more intensely watching Yeah, it. so I, I watched eight episodes over the course of two nights recently. But that's the most I've ever watched of it. Normally, it's just been sort of... And it's mostly on weekends as well. Like, an episode here, an episode there. Like, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm having my tea. Like, I've got 40 minutes, like, to kill. I can watch an episode of Lost while I'm, like, eating food or... Mm. um, Like, waking up on a Saturday morning. I'm like, well... I don't have like anything to rush off to or like I've woke up really early I'll just like chuck out an episode of Lost watch that and I kind of worked through it gradually like that it wasn't till the end that I sort of intensely was like I want I didn't want to get to the end because I didn't want it to be over but I was kind of like I want to just get through this just to get like to get to the end point and just to say that I've done it because I kept putting it off for so long uh, I would 
recommend it to anyone. If anything that we've talked about, I know we've kind of spoiled it, but like if anything that we've talked about sounds even remotely interesting, I would say get on it because I truly don't think there is an adventure out there quite like it. I'm trying to think of a new show to watch. I want something new that's long form, that's done. But also, that, has, do you want the mystery element? Are you wanting that? Well, that's it. I just don't think you're going to be able to get that anywhere. At the, the moment, I'm leaning towards Battlestar Galactica. Ooh. Because I've never seen it. Right. And it's quite highly praised. Big high concept sci-fi show. Lots of characters. 77 episodes, I think I read. I'm like, I could get on board with that. So I'm thinking that might be my next endeavor. Okay. But then it's like, I could buy it. Because you can't watch it anywhere. So I'll need to get a copy of it. I'll need to go buy it. Hmm. I could buy it and then watch a few episodes and be like, I hate this. Yeah. And then I'm fucked. So I might try and like find a way to watch the first couple of episodes first, see if I like it, and then take it from there. Yeah. So who knows? Who knows? Maybe Battlestar Galactica. Maybe a year from now we'll be doing a Battlestar Galactica episode. Bears. Hopefully it won't be as shambolic as this episode's been. <laughs> Maybe we'll learn by then. It's all right. We... Fuck me. Remember when we met? Well, remember when we organised tonight and I was like, we'll do it early and then we can get it out of the way. Yeah. It's 20 to 9. Aye. We just were, we, we had a few false starts on this one. Sorry if this one has come across weirdly edited. Yeah. That was... We've had a few false starts because obviously it's our first... Well, also, first of all, my computer crashed twice. Yeah, I did that. And then second of all, we did have a couple of moments where we were like, we're getting too bogged down in very specific plot details. Yeah. And we need to just focus more on like an overarching, the show as a whole. So if this comes across as coherent, this episode's been a success. I would say so. I'm going to have to actually sit and listen to this one. Um, yeah. I, I think I, we could probably wrap up there. Yeah. I think we've talked enough about Lost. Even I'm, as someone who's like Lost's biggest fan, even I'm sick of talking about it right now. I feel more informed about Lost. Good. I really stand. hope one day you watch it. Or Maybe at least give it another bash. After Sopranos. After Sopranos. <laughs> Um, I might you, borrow Sopranos off of you to be honest you could probably watch it six times before I yeah, get around before to you it, get around to it. Um, if you want to get in contact with us um, get, um, tell us lost opinions if you have lost opinions if it's anything other than it's great you can get lost <laughs> uh, contact us Facebook, Twitter, second opinion that's second with a two it certainly is Yes. with that guys just it's just the best. I feel like the really dramatic music from Lost is going to be playing as I'm talking like this. You should sign off after you say your JK series by telling everybody in the most aggressive way possible to just get lost. Just get lost. Get lost. Go get lost. Because it's good. It's so good. And I'm, I'm sad that culture is forgetting it exists. And I hope that together me and the handful of people on the internet on reddit on the subreddit are lost who are still into it can push ahead and get it back into the limelight did you hear they might be making another a spin-off to lost yeah it's apparently top of abc's list for like potential shows some kind of lost related show i'm into it i'm into it enjoy jk simmons everyone enjoy jk simmons